All right, we're going. We're on. Attempt number two of this. <laughs> Attempt number two. First take, we got about a minute and a half in, and Carter decides she wants to come and ask me to help her out with the TV. So, Kel, what are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about y'all's new strength cycle and pretty much what we're going to be doing and how we're going to be doing it. Okay. So. As the time that we're recording this, we are the week before our max, max out, out for the current strength cycle that we're on. So this should be published on that Tuesday. So you should you should have an idea of what you're getting yourself into the following week, mm-hmm. so to speak. So on the docket, it's not set in stone, but because we're kind of still in the early stages of kind of creating the whole entire strength cycle itself. But kind of the three main things, or two main things we'll be working on is, is front squats and push-ups, which you said, you know, push-ups is kind of those things you kind of think of it as not like a strength thing, like a thing. barbell, right? Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that a little more in detail. And like I said, sprinkling in some sled work on top of the stuff. Okay. It'll, but also we kind of paired up. That, that one's a little bit, it's not like there's a strength cycle on the sled, but we'll be more doing like a little bit, maybe a little bit style. more accessory style stuff. So we'll be talking about that a little more and kind of maybe what that looks like and how we'll kind of pair that up to a degree. Um, so the cycle should, so these are the front squats will last for eight weeks. So that okay. eighth week, being the actual max, max out, out week. week. And then the push-up cycle will technically be only six weeks mm-hmm. because the way this strength cycle kind of ends, the next one starts, it leads to where Murph is the seventh week. Okay. So Mar- so Murph so- is May 30th, which is that Monday okay. for Memorial Day. So that's we'll do Murph. We usually always try to do some type of – a little bit of prep leading in that to a degree. Um, so we'll do like a testing day for that. And then we'll actually technically have about five weeks of push-up endurance work mm-hmm. leading like into the seven. Style. Yeah. And then, seven, and then six week will be the, or, and then you have Murph on, or sorry, the six week will be a retest. And then you have the seventh week, which will be for Murph. For Murph yeah. Okay. It's kind of the general idea. So it's kind of like five working, working weeks. Six week you'll be testing, and then Murph will be on the seventh week, right? Yeah, so okay. to speak. Uh, so kind of breaking it down. So the idea behind it, also we kind of go through some different variations of our strength pieces and whatnot, and depending on where they kind of fall at the time of the year. Obviously, this past strength cycle, we went through a bench press, clean jerk cycle, mm-hmm. right? So there wasn't a whole lot of squatting through, or like at least heavy squatting throughout Going the cycle, on. right? So i like to come back to that, kind of get ourselves back prepped up for the heavy squats again. And when it comes to, there's really you have strength training and hypertrophy training, uh-huh. which are kind of two different things. If you're notice like a bodybuilder isn't, they're strong, but they're not necessarily as strong as like a, like a, uh, power, like a power lifter. Like a power lifter, so to speak. But also bodybuilders are stronger than the general public, so yeah. to speak. So, I mean, there is some correlation between like hypertrophy training and strength, strength training. But not necessarily that they're going to be concurrent to both of those. So, like, if you're not necessarily on board with what we're talking about, so hypertrophy would be more muscle building things. Mm-hmm. Strength training is honestly that's pretty straightforward of actually building, getting as strong as physically possible. And I think to a degree, some people have a little bit of maybe a little bit of both of what they want there, right? Like, I'd like to be strong, but also, you know, maybe put on a little mass size there as well. At the same time. And so... The way I kind of look at you know most of our strengths things is kind of like a like a power building so to speak where okay. it's like maybe you sprinkle a little bit of both of those aspects, 
where we get a little hypertrophy work in there, but as well as we get some strength work kind of combined, too, so to speak. And so to a degree, it's going to kind of look a little similar to how the bench press cycle has looked okay. through the cycle. Obviously, it won't be the same percentages work and same volume, but like weeks one through three, it'll be a little bit more high volume sets, so high rep ranges, like six to 10 reps around okay. that range. Like so that's a, little, volume. it's a little bit more hypertrophy style work. Uh, as well as it helps build up a little bit more motor pattern, getting used to the movement under a lighter load to get positioning work and things like that. Weeks four, five, and six will be a little bit more intensity style. So meaning higher percentage work, lower rep ranges, okay. you know, somewhere between like that one and three to four rep range. So a little bit more Would that. Would that be more like clusters type deal? Like no, that's just then? more like just higher intensity sets. So meaning you're, you're hitting higher percentages, okay. right? So, you know, for instance, like it still could be high intensity to do instead of like eight or 10 reps with a front squat, but the intensity of the weight going on the bar is not quite the same as compared to if you're doing, you know, 90% for three okay. on a front squat. Week seven, well, kind of like we did like this past week with our bench press will be kind of like as many reps as you can do at 90% okay. for a front squat, which can probably be a whole lot worse compared to the bench press. Way worse. <laughs> and then also your eighth week's gonna be a full on max out week. Okay. Uh, but obviously everybody's a little dependent on what kind of mobility they have and things like that. So um, if you're somebody who maybe lacks some mobility, maybe you take this cycle to work on better positions, not necessarily work on strength, because it's one of those things where you can only go so heavy that your body's gonna allow you to, and we don't want you guys to get hurt. So most of you guys, I'd say most of you guys fall in the bucket of obviously push intensity and follow on the program, but there's definitely some people where maybe they struggle a little bit with their front rack, we can help you guys out. I think even like you were talking about using straps on the mm-hmm. bar. So if it, I would rather you to a degree be able to do the movement properly if we got to bypass it by putting straps to the bar and holding on to straps like about the front you position or elevating your heels because maybe you like some ankle mobility or maybe to get you in good positions to get the most benefit of the strength program. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how the front squat cycle will work. The push-up cycle, usually this is time of the year that we – start focusing on higher volume push-ups, which we've kind of done this past week anyways mm-hmm. with our program, is leading into Murph, usually the crutch of the workout is the push-ups. push-ups. Especially if you're going straight. If you're going straight through the push-ups is where it's at, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and even so, like, even if you're doing workouts like Cindy or if you're doing like the five-round version of Murph, whatever it may be, that's usually... Where you see people kind of start to fall off. That's where the bottleneck comes yeah. into play is the push-ups, air squats, Unless you're Jacob Guillory, it's not the worst part of the workout. It's kind of towards the easiest part of the workout. The push-ups are usually at a low enough volume to where you can get through those at an okay rate. By the time you get fatigued, you're kind of moving you're on to the next round. It's usually the push-ups that become the, the tougher portion of it. <clears throat> and so coming off the bench press cycle is a good leeway into the push-ups mm-hmm. per se um, because we have built up maybe some more strength from the strength program from the push-ups. But it's not quite the same thing as muscle endurance. Okay. Right? So just because you have a strong bench press doesn't always necessarily translate that you're going to be the really best push-up push guy, right. per se. It's kind of weird how that works, though. You would well, think that like if you were like a really good bench press, you could be a really good pushover, but that's not necessarily true. Not always. I mean, I mean you're not you decent all, at push-ups. Well, you see it all the time where, let's say, for instance, you have a guy that can snatch 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. But then we get in a workout that maybe has sets of 30 at a light weight and they die out. Yeah. Right? Even though they have like that fast switch 
very strong component, they lack the muscle endurance and the, and the kind of the engine to kind of move through that. And so they're not really tied into one, so to speak, just because you can be a great presser, but not necessarily great muscle endurance person. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people, and it, it does help, don't get me wrong, if I can get stronger in my bench press, that will help me out with my push-ups yeah. or hands-up push-ups, no doubt. But once you start hitting more top-end ranges of like more reps, that becomes more of a muscle endurance yeah. thing. Now, if we're talking, uh, if we're trying to get somebody just to be able to do a really good push-up, like one really good push-up, if we got the stronger on the bench press, that would help them get better just at a push-up, right? But I think at least a good portion of the gym is in that bucket of they can knock out somewhere on the range of about 10 plus good solid push-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously more so guys than girls. I mean, we do have a good handful of girls that can still do 10 plus yeah. good push-ups. <clears throat> so the goal there is to be able to accumulate more reps and stretch out that, that, that push-up volume a lot higher, or at least to a degree where I can recover faster from, let's say I do a set of 10 push-ups, I can recover and be able to hold more sets of 10 like longer. you be able to do a set of 10 in like 30 seconds, right? Rather than like waiting a minute. Yeah, so either I cut that rest time down or I'm even just able to hold more sets longer. Mm-hmm. So let's say maybe I can do, let's say, okay, Kale, we're gonna do sets of 10 push-ups with a 10 second rest and you're gonna do as many sets of 10 as you can. And then as soon as you can't do 10 anymore, your set's done, you failed, okay. right? So the goal would be to now be able to increase that volume of sets that you can do. So let's say maybe you could do four sets of 10 with a 10 second break and be able to knock out 10 pushups. On the fifth set, you failed. Well, now we're trying to stretch out to five, six, seven sets of be able to do okay. 10. So you're able to accumulate more volume of, of pushups, right? So that'll help translate it over to your MRF, so to speak. So the idea with the pushup endurance program here is obviously to help out with MRF. The first week will be kind of a tester week. Okay. So I'm not, it's either going to be a hundred pushups just for time, Ooh. straight for time, so hundred okay. for time, or something like we just talked about there of, you know, 10 kind pushups, 10 pushups with, with a 10 second rest, exact 10 second rest and accumulate as many sets you can. And when you can no longer complete the 10 pushups unbroken anymore, that's that set's done. Kind of like a death or death by. I guess so to speak, right? Kind, kind of like of. a death by where, but you have sets amount of reps you have to complete. Except you're not like time. increasing or anything. Yeah, like not increasing. Right. So same the same every single time, but and you have a certain you have a certain rest period you have to take, and see you know, how many sets you accumulate, right? And then on the sixth week of the program, technically seventh week Smurf, is we'll retest that and see if you've improved. Okay. Uh, and then weeks two, three, four, and five, which is only technically four weeks of. Uh, so we don't have like a crazy amount of time to go, to go through it is, you know, accumulating cluster sets. Okay. Things like that. Like we've well, done that's a really good past. way to build volume though. Yeah. So if you don't know what a cluster set would be, which anytime we come to clusters and write on the board, people kind of confusion. blows their yeah. mind as to what that looks like. So you might see something where the coach writes on the board three times. So like we do like three sets of five back squat, mm-hmm. but it might say three X 10 dot 10 dot 10 dot 10 where you're doing 10 push-ups, and we'll write a prescription of rest, let's say you write 15 seconds with the rest, we'll do 10 push-ups, rest 15 seconds, 10 push-ups, 15 seconds, 10 push-ups, 15 seconds, 10 push-ups. Mm-hmm. And then you might take like a two minute rest, and that was your first completed set, and you'll do three sets. Three total sets. Total sets there, of right. that, right? So, it, and essentially what you're doing is you're building up muscle endurance, right? Because you can't, 
you just can't knock out 40 push-ups every single day unbroken, yeah. right? Like you're gonna try to accumulate more volume with good quality with short rest period times so you're able to build more muscle endurance. And that's kind of what these clusters are gonna do. Yeah, and that's kind of the purpose of the clusters is to help out more muscle endurance. Okay. Um, and you know, a lot of times we'll program that X with people, let's say maybe they have a movement, maybe like pull-ups or handstand push-ups or whatever this movement may be, or muscle-ups is, well, you know, a lot of times I'll program people cluster sets to help build up more muscle endurance. Endurance for that. You know, because a lot of people, there comes a point in time where those paths kind of diverge where once you have the movement down and you can do a good amount of volume with a particular movement, but now the bottleneck is now, I don't have a lot of endurance with that particular piece. Uh, what should I do? And you know, part of the answer is always to build more strength, but also part of that equation is now when you have to build up more endurance with that particular rep, right? Either more pulling endurance, more pressing endurance, more squat endurance, more hinging endurance, whatever it may be. And so like for you, when you were doing Hurricane X, when we were programmed for you, right? Like one of your bigger boos was hinging, Mm -hmm. right? Like high volume hinging was always uh, my like, pretty much like my kryptonite. Kryptonite. So you had a lot of hinging volume and, and, more like do a set of deadlifts, rest, deadlifts, rest, deadlifts, rest, whereas like higher volume sets of you know, accumulate more hinging endurance. Because uh-huh. that was more like your your and they work. workout. They will work. I know clusters, I know personally, I love clusters. I think they're really, you get a, a lot for your bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a lot of work done in a short amount of time. Uh, I love clusters a lot. Well, it's, it act, and it helps translate over to how it's gonna feel more in the workout per se, mm-hmm. to where a lot of times if like I said, you do you set a 50 push-ups, right? A lot of times you're not going to be do, trying to go for 50 unbroken. You're going to say, okay, we're trying to knock these out and set to 10. And you're trying to either lessen that rest from 10, from set to 10, set to the next set of 10. And also you're trying to keep better movement quality Throughout with those reps, that. right? So compared to if I said, okay, we're going to do 50 push-ups unbroken, right? You might be able to do 25 to 30, maybe good, but mm-hmm. then the last 20 are going to be wonky to try to get through them, right? Compared to if I said, Okay, we're going to do five sets of 10 to get to 50 reps with a five second rest and second rest. You have more of a likelihood of keeping good quality reps with that muscle in Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. So that's kind of how the layout of the push-ups work and kind of the reasoning behind that. And then the last thing is the sled work. Okay. Um, I'm curious to know about this. Yeah, so it's not, it's not set in stone. Um, this will probably fall more at least on your Wednesday work, maybe okay. slightly some of the Thursdays as well, maybe Fridays, depending on how the week kind of falls in with the other programming. Uh, but sleds are a really, really good option because of the fact that there is no eccentric loading on the joint. Mm-hmm. So when we do sleds, everything's concentric, right? So you're always pressing into the sled or if you're walking backwards, right? You're only pressing, there is no lowering phase to it. So you get a lot of benefit of strengthening the joint and the ligaments and still getting good muscle work and muscle endurance work with the legs without beating yourself up. Yeah. So it's not very often you're ever going to do a sled workout or like a, like a a sled thing and and be sore the next day day. from a sled. So you're allowed to do more volume with it because there's no eccentric loading. When you have a bunch of eccentric loading, that's or the lowering phase eccentric is that's where you get a lot of the muscle breakdown a lot of muscle damage and that's what usually gets you the most sore so the eccentric loading of more repetitive movement more repetitive movement over and over a lot of volume right 
Well, obviously that doesn't happen with the sled. That's why the sled is such a good tool to use. They suck. Yeah, they do suck. They suck while you're using them. your legs up pretty good. But. Yeah, but you, but more often than not, have you ever done like a sled workout and felt like super sore the next day from a sled? No. It's usually when you do like like today's workout, we have high volume squats or, or like lunges, lunges or things like, like that. that. That's where it's really going to get you sore, right? Yeah, yeah, I say even more so like lunges, right? Because a lot of times you're more cognitive of not hitting that knee or saying that knee to the mm-hmm. ground, right? Like so you're like really controlling that. You lower, control right? the lowering phase maybe more compared to like a back squat. And so I usually think about that. Yeah, you think like most people, what's the one movement that we do when we do it that people are the most sore from is, is lunges. lunges. Every time. Yeah. Every time people get destroyed by it because you're more likely to control the lowering phase. You don't want to slam your knee into the mm-hmm. concrete or the ground. And so when you do the lowering, that's where you have more muscle contraction because you're fighting against gravity, so to speak. And that's what bangs you up more, or gets you more sore. Percent. Yeah, unless it bangs you up more, that it just it gets you more, more time sore, retention. more time retention, so to speak. And with the sled, you don't get that, so you can accumulate a lot of volume with it, and you still get a lot of bang for your buck. And it's good for your feet, it's good for your knees, good for the hips, um, because of the fact that you're not getting that knee centric load. Yeah. As well as you can build some explosives with it as well. So you'll kind of see a combination of forward and backward sledding going as, on, uh, going okay. on, right? And, and with the front squat, usually the front squat is more anterior dominant meaning the front part of your legs so you're more your quad dominant when you're front squatting or the back squatting you're more it is anterior dominant. it's also posterior dominant so you got the glutes and the hamstrings involved but when we involve the sled you know we can do front actually forward pushing right so that's a little bit more posterior compared mm-hmm. to when we walk backwards that's going to be a little bit more anterior but also we can work a little bit more towards that teardrop that quad like the BMO type the BMO, stuff. stuff like that and so that's the idea of what we're going to pair it. That's how we're going to throw it into the program. It won't probably just be straight up, just straight sledding per se. We'll probably, like, Iman like we've done before, something. yeah, pairing up with other movements like either strict pull-ups uh, or let me like a explosive move like a clean or a snatch, okay. things like that. But we'll see a little bit more repetitive work with the sled on a week-to-week basis compared to what we've done before in the past. We'll maybe throw it every few weeks. I feel like that's going to be good, especially throwing that in there with front squats, though. Yeah, I think it's a good movement. Like that's a good combo. To help out with it, right? So you may have front squats at the beginning of the week, we'll throw in sleds, maybe towards the middle of the late part of the week. Um, and it's a, it's it's good because of the fact that like I said, there's, it's not another squatting pattern where you actually have to lower that weight down. Mm-hmm. We can actually get some more leg work in, anterior and posterior work with that sled without beating you too, too much up. Okay, I like that. I okay. think that'd be pretty cool. So uh, that's a general game plan going into it. Like I said, the, the, the front squat sled work will probably last roughly about that eight week span. The push-up work will last a little bit closer to more like a six-week span with mm-hmm. a seven-week beam, the actual Murph. And we'll probably need to do a, a podcast, I guess, maybe on Murph. On Murph? Yeah, that'd be a good one. I think a lot of people have gotten to the point in time now with it where it's like, oh, you know, I don't, don't want to do Murph or whatever it may be, or I can't do Murph. And I guess there's a whole podcast and stuff that we can talk about where, like, you can structure this workout you do whatever your needs are. You can, there's yeah. so many ways to structure it and do it. And still, you don't necessarily have to do it exactly the way it's written. You don't have to suffer through 100, 200, 300. Yeah, if you want right. to that great, more power to you. You don't have to do it with the best. Yeah. More often than not, we got to the point in time where most people don't. Most, do I would say like 95% of people don't do it. Yeah, probably. The past year or two, I've done it like more strict. So I'll strict do like Cindy, do five strict. Well, without goals. the best or with the best? No, without the without? best. So I'll do five strict, 10. I bet that would get nasty. With the best on the best strict? Yeah, doing a strict. That'd be nasty, nasty. nasty. Um, you know, if you don't feel comfortable with the amount of volume you're running, obviously, you know, 
we'd even do it to where you, you even split up the rounds where you do, you know, let's say you're doing four meter run, five run Cindy, four meter run, five run Cindy. If you mm-hmm. really do it that way, I'm still cool with you doing it as long as you're accumulating the volume one way or the other, breaking up to to where it's a better suited workout for you to stay moving if you feel more comfortable with mm-hmm. it. So if you don't feel comfortable running a full volume with a mile before and after, cut it to where you do sections of the, the, the runs. Like split up in like split up. four or five, six rounds, right? Yeah, whatever it may be, to get to get through the volume in without beating yourself up too much. Mm-hmm. So um, that's something we can maybe talk about in another podcast. Maybe it's a whole separate thing we can talk about maybe a month out from Earth. We can do a podcast okay. on that. Uh, but that's kind of the general game plan going forward. Uh, and it's kind of one of those things like I'm always here to a degree to do stuff that you guys like as well. So if there's something that you guys would like to see in the future, definitely let us know and we'll try to come up with a strength program for that as well. Absolutely. Y'all leave okay. it in the comments. All right. Any, anything you want to add to that there, Kale? I don't think so. I mean, push up, you got five weeks, test on six weeks, Murph seventh week, right? Yep. Yep. And then front squats, we're going to be doing seven weeks of work and then testing out on your eighth week, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Correct. So, all right, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace, love, and possible.